I really don't know why it is that all of us are so committed to the sea, except I think it is because in addition to the fact that the sea changes and the light changes and ships change, it is because we all came from the sea. And it is an interesting biological fact that all of us have in our veins the exact same percentage of salt in our blood that exists in the ocean. And therefore, we have salt in our blood, in our sweat, in our tears. We are tied to the ocean. And when we go back to the sea, whether it is to sail or to watch it, we are going back from whence we came. President John F. Kennedy, Newport, Rhode Island, September 14, 1962, remarks at the America's Cup dinner. Wow, what a powerful speech. I mean, that pretty much sums up boating for me. It's not just a pastime or a hobby. It's, it's really a way of life. You know, as long as I can remember, I've loved being out on the water. Some of my first memories of being out on a boat or being out on the water, I think I was about five years old, out on an old 16-foot uh, Starcraft. I remember those days going out on Douglas Lake in East Tennessee with my dad. And honestly, I think I was probably a teenager before I realized that all lakes didn't have silos in them. Seriously, Google it. You'll know what I mean. Um Anyway, uh, that's probably where I first got the bug. And, you know, as soon as I got out of college and I was able to afford it and had a place of my own, you know, I got a boat. I've been a boater for over 20 years now, had four boats uh, at this point of all uh, different sizes and just love, love, love being out on the water. And when Brittany and I first met, I remember uh, we, we met on Labor Day. So as you can imagine, that's uh, right at the end of the normal boating season here in Tennessee. And uh, probably one of our second or third dates, we uh, went out on the water and I kept talking about how I just, I, I was so sad that the season was almost over and how bad winters were not being out on the boat. And you know, she, she had really not grown up on the water and really didn't understand what the big deal was that uh, first time that we went out. But fortunately, uh, six and a half years later, she has uh, been bitten with the bug as well and totally understands now what it's like to be away from the water during the wintertime. Yeah, I remember you playing that JFK speech for me, and I remember getting chills, and I think I've probably cried listening to it before, just because what he says is so true. You know, coming back to the water is so magical and special, I think, not only as an individual, but it, it brings people together. Um, I didn't grow up on the water like you did um, every weekend, but, you know, my family has always vacationed um, at the ocean each summer, and it was just such a fun time for us. And now me and you, you know, being on the lake and being with our friends and our family out there, um, there is something great about being on a boat. So, but yeah, as he mentioned, the whole first winter that we dated, um, he just kept on saying, I can't believe boating season's over and um, I can't wait for it to be summer. And we had gone out on the boat once and it was great. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I do love the water. But I just didn't understand it, so we decided to go on a cruise together that January. Um, yeah, and this girl had never even been out of the country before. <laughs> That's and right. I, and I decided to take her on a seven-day cruise outside of the country <laughs> in the Caribbean. Uh, and she had known me for, what, 
four months, three months uh, at the time? I think, yeah, maybe when we started planning it, yeah. Yeah, your parents love that idea. <laughs> so, yeah, I have never been out of the country before. My parents were freaking out. I mean, they loved Brian, but uh, that was a big trip, and I had never cruised before, and it's not like we were starting out on, like, a weekend cruise. We were doing a full week, <laughs> so it was... Uh, it was pretty scary thinking, what am I getting myself into? But um, here we are now. We we did have such a fun time on that cruise. It was something like I had never experienced before. And um, we obviously stayed together throughout that next summer. And um, I did get to experience a full lake season. Going out there on the water, being with our friends, and uh, being on our boat and stuff. And uh, let's just say I definitely understood <laughs> the next uh, winter that came around. That uh, well, I, I think it was around Labor Day the next year that you were like, <laughs> oh, this sucks. It's almost <laughs> over. And I was like, yeah, see, exactly what I told you last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely got where he was coming from. I know I, I probably made fun of you that first winter or so. Just kept on moaning Oh, just a few groaning. times. Just a few times. <laughs> he yeah. was moaning and groaning about the uh, the winter, but totally get it now. And uh, because of that, because now we both are in the uh, blues of winter whenever uh, boating season is over, we have made doing a January cruise uh, tradition. It's a good way to... Um, right after the holidays. You well, know, let me really let me stop you right there. So we <laughs> made that a tradition because that next year, after she had been out on the water all year, winter rolls around. This sucks. This sucks. <laughs> so we had to book a cruise because she was the one whining all the time because she wasn't on the water. But that has that's that's been our tradition ever since. Uh, you know, we, like I said before, we love being out on the water so much and. You get that downtime again here with the Tennessee winters where, you know, you, you miss being out on the boat. You miss being out on the water. So, you know, that's pretty much been our uh, tradition every year since is sometime around January, late January, early February. We, we um, make a point to at least go somewhere warm and it's usually on a cruise somewhere, um, at least in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For now. <laughs> For now, right. We haven't done an Alaskan cruise yet. Uh, but we have done many Caribbean cruises, and for us here in Tennessee, our boating season starts a little bit earlier uh, than, say, some areas in the country. I mean, we are very fortunate that about March, yeah, mid-March... Mid, mid to late March is when we're first getting out on the water, Yeah, I would say. yeah, so, you know, you're you're done with the holiday rush, the New Year's begun, and we do that cruise in January, so we really only have to pout for about six weeks, and <laughs> we can get out on our boat every weekend. Well, six weeks, and then we cruise, and then another six weeks, and we're back on the water. So, but we we try to keep ourselves busy in the winter so that uh, we don't miss it too much. But we we definitely miss it. Yeah. So yeah. now, as Brian says, six and a half years later, here we are, and uh, we're starting this great podcast. And what great um, way to kick it off than to talk about what we love and enjoy doing with our with our free time <laughs> well yeah cruising. and and like she said you know the the cruise is coming up here in what three and a half weeks i think i looked on my uh, app today it might be 22 days but nobody's counting okay so <laughs> and like i had mentioned in the promo for the show you know we um we're going to be talking about a lot of things here but with us about to head off on this cruise in the next few weeks we thought what better way to kick off the show, the very first show, uh, than talking about cruising and you know some of our experiences and tips and tricks for uh, 
people that have not been on a cruise before or even something uh, that maybe an experienced cruiser might pick up on this. So that being said, welcome to the first episode of Boats, Beaches, Bars, and Beyond. As we get started with the show today, I would like to add one disclaimer. All of our experiences with cruising and what we're going to be talking about, at least from our viewpoint today, have all been with Carnival Cruise Lines. Uh, With the exception of one cruise that I took with the family back in 1993, gosh, I'm really showing my age here, um, on the Big Red Boat, which was the precursor to the Disney Cruise Line, uh, I think I've been on, at this point, 15 cruises uh, with Carnival, uh, counting the one coming up here in the next few weeks, and Brittany has been on eight already the ninth one coming up uh, ninth one for me coming up and then the 16th coming up in actually for you coming up the, si- the 16th total right. but i had the one cruise on the on the yeah. big red boat but um anyway i know everyone has their opinion on which cruise line is best i really don't think it matters as, as long as you're having fun it, you can have fun anywhere you are if you're in the right mindset uh, but what we don't get paid. We're not uh, sponsored by right. Carnival or anything like that. I just want to put it out there that that is where uh, our experience has been is with Carnival Absolutely. Cruise Line. That's, you know, I'm a points guy. You know, I, I stay at the same hotels. I That's go what to, I was just about to say. It's kind of like you get with one hotel brand and that's just kind of where you continue to, to go. You uh, well, you, you, do, you do what you know. And, you know, at this point we've been on so many, you know, fortunately we get the platinum perks with Carnival, so we get priority check-in and, you know, free laundry and, and some of the other perks that go along with platinum there. So, you know, that keeps coming us back, keeps us coming back, and we've never had a bad experience. Uh, you know, I saw an article the other day, actually, Carnival was just named the best cruise line in the U.S. and best cruise line for families for the third consecutive year. Nice. Uh, which is, you know, that, that says something. So... Uh, I know back in the uh, early days of cruising in the early to mid-80s, they had a a reputation as being the party cruise and and pretty rowdy. But, uh, you know, our experience has been very family-oriented. They've definitely rebranded themselves over the years. And, again, uh, we're not sponsored by Carnival. I just want to put that out there that, you know, the things that we're going to be talking about on today's show have been our experiences with Carnival. So you've decided you want to cruise. Now what? Well, as we mentioned earlier, we are about to head on our ninth cruise together, and we actually um, we actually have our tenth one um, also planned. We've got the well. We're heading out on the ninth cruise together in a few in, weeks. In a few weeks in January, but we actually have two cruises booked right now. Uh, for the first time ever, uh, we're going to go on a Mediterranean cruise. Dun, we've, uh, yeah, we've so uh, that one's a little far. Out. It's a <laughs> year and a half, I think. Uh, May 2020. But Again, um, who's counting? <laughs> uh, yeah, who, who's counting? But um, but yeah, I mean, really, 
sitting down and deciding where you want to go, I think is the first step. Yeah. I mean, I think that as most couples or families, especially, you know, too, you have to plan around vacation times and when you get your, you know, leave and when you can actually go on a cruise. So I think, you know, probably as Brian said, one of the first things that we typically do is look to see what time of year that we'll probably be going, be going, which obviously is in January every year. Um, and we just look to see what Carnival's offering um, that time of year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I typically, w- once we decide on a week, then I go, and whatever cruise line, they're all the same. When you go on their website, uh, <clears throat> you can go in, you can put uh, the dates that you're looking to sell, and then from there, just decide, okay, well, where do I want to go? I mean, this is what's available on these dates, and you pick. Uh, there are tons of different Caribbean options available. You have Eastern Caribbean cruises that usually hit up things like St. Thomas and uh, St. Martin, Saint Martin th- things over mm-hmm. on the eastern side of the Caribbean, obviously. Uh, you have your western uh, Caribbean, uh, which I think we've probably done the Western the most. We, we've done quite a few Western, but you have the Western Caribbean cruises, which are usually listed as exotic Western Caribbean. I don't, I don't <laughs> know why they always say exotic. It's, uh, but those typically go to uh, different destinations in Mexico. You'll get Belize, uh, Honduras thrown in there. Uh, we've sometimes gone as far as down as what Aruba uh, Aruba but Aruba is a southern Caribbean oh, cruise okay. gotcha. when we when we've gone to Aruba uh, that's when we've sailed out of uh, San Juan Puerto San Juan. Rico and that's another good point you bring up is that really based out on what type of itinerary you're gonna choose will also determine on what um, port you leave out of. yeah yeah I mean the like like we said the Aruba Cruise, we left out of uh, San Juan, so we did have to get a flight in San Juan, which fortunately, Southwest Airlines has a direct flight from Nashville to uh, to San Juan. And, um, you know, we've gone most of the cruises out of Florida. I would say either mm-hmm. uh, Port Everglades, uh, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Mm-hmm. This one coming up in January, we're actually leaving out of Tampa. Um, and then, uh, we did one short weekend cruise out of Mobile, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was on a, on a smaller, older ship, but it was still a, uh, a, a fun cruise. And, you know, a, again, uh, points, uh, to Carnival there as far as brand loyalty, uh, even though that was a short weekend trip on a older, uh, smaller ship, we got bumped up to the owner's suite, uh, by surprise on that one last minute. So, yeah, uh, that was fun. That was, that was really nice. Brand loyalty definitely have it has its perks. I think we had like a 1500 square foot suite, uh, that overlooked the Lido deck and had its own balcony on, on that ship that really didn't have many balconies. So, <laughs> uh, but again, as far as, you know, sitting down and deciding that this is what you want to do, really just look at the dates, see what's available uh, for the dates that are open for you and decide where you want to go. You know, it's uh, and like I said, we have so far only done the Caribbean. We have uh, one booked a year and a half out from now that we're leaving from Barcelona. And I think we go to three or four uh, different ports in Italy uh, a stop in France and then back to Spain. 
Um, but you know, there are Alaskan cruises, there are Hawaiian cruises, there are, Oh, I've um, had some, I had a, someone I know they left out of New York, if I'm not mistaken. And it was like a three week cruise, uh, no doubt, but they had left New York, went all the way down through the Caribbean. I think they stopped in a a place or two there, went through the Panama canal and they ended back up in Washington State somewhere, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, they, they, so. have, they have the Panama Canal crossings. And then there's also transatlantic crossings. You, right. You'll get a lot of uh, ships that move ports from the Caribbean or New York over to the Mediterranean. Or in our case, the ship that we're going on in Barcelona in 2020, they're moving it over to Spain to do some refurbishments to the ship. And then while it's over there, they're taking about three months to, to do sailings out of there. Uh, and then there's also cruises out of like LA and places in California Charleston. that go down to, um, go down to uh, Mexico and on the yeah. Pacific side. So, you know, again, take a look at the calendar, see what's ab- available for you, and just, you know, the sky's the limit. Decide uh, where you want to go and what fits in your timeline and, and just go from there. All right. Well, I know that you just mentioned something about Lido Deck. And I know for myself, my very first time cruising, I was completely unfamiliar with all the different areas of the ship, the different locations. So, Let's talk about as far as the different type of rooms that are available that you can book. Uh, well, Lido deck is uh, basically the, the main deck outside up on top of the ship where your swimming pool, a lot of the bars, the buffet, uh, pretty much 24-hour activity. So, you know, p- personal preference for me, some people like to be... Um, in a room directly below Lido Deck. So, you, you know, you're faster to the fun. You can get right right up there as quick as you can. Uh, for me, I like to sleep when I go to bed at night. <laughs> and if you are on Lido Deck, you're going to hear people running around all hours of the night. Uh, above you, you're going to hear uh, chairs being moved around as people, you know, whether they're sitting out uh, under the stars, taking it all in, or it's just the... Uh, the crew on the ship uh, cleaning up after you know everybody's had their fun for the night and moving thing- tables and chairs around above you. So typically, I like to pick a room at least a floor or two below Lido deck, so it's a little quieter. Um, I like to usually get a room that is not near any of the nightclubs, uh, <laughs> not near the basketball court. Oh, and the elevators. And the elevators. Now, uh, I do see if you possibly had kids and, you know, if you're doing strollers or um, things like that, being close to the elevator would be definitely very handy. However... You're going to hear a lot of dinging throughout the night if you are close. A lot of dinging and, and, you know, a lot of just a lot of talking. You know, people are coming back from from dinner, coming back from a show, something like that. You'll hear them coming out uh, outside your room there. So anyway, those are my personal preferences. Really, it's whatever works best for you. If there's an area of the ship that you want to be close to, you know, by all means, pick a room uh, that's close to that. And really, that's the next step. You know, once you've decided on a destination, once you've, uh, you know, picked a time and a place that you want to go, the next step is to take a look at the ship. Uh, and, and when you go online and you're going through the uh, 
the setup as far as picking your crews, you'll have basically a map of the ship and it shows all of the different decks, what's on each deck, where the rooms are, uh, forward, aft, middle. Okay. Now, in saying that though, because we do have some family going with us on that European cruise we were talking about, especially for first time cruisers, that map can be a little bit overwhelming. So let's talk about the different locations as far as forward, middle, in the back. Do I get an interior room? Do I get a balcony room? Do I get one with the window? There's so many options out there. Yeah, well, it is a ship. So aft is the rear of the ship. Right. Forward is the front of the ship. And middle, well, hey, that's in the middle of the boat. Um, you know, that was a question that came up uh, with our family members that decided to go on the cruise with us over to Barcelona. You know, wh where's a good spot on the ship? And they've never cruised before. Uh, again, we're boaters, you know, we spend every waking moment that we can out on the water during the summers on our own boat. So we don't get seasick, you know, the, the boat really doesn't bother us at all. But if you're not used to boating or if you're not used to cruising, uh, I always recommend for a first time cruiser, get a room in the middle of the ship. Uh, just if, if you can visualize a ship rocking back and forth on the ocean, kind of like a pendulum, uh, if you're right there in the middle of the ship, there's a lot less movement. Uh, so that's really going to help for someone that might get seasick. Um, and then the, the other thing, like you said, as far as interior and uh, balcony rooms and that sort of thing, uh, really, it's, it's just a matter of picking what's best for your budget. Uh, if you want to save some money and you really don't care about being in the room, you're going to be out on the ship the whole time, uh, you can definitely get some deep discounts on an interior room. Uh, interior rooms have no windows. They have no balcony, obviously. They're, they're on the interior portion of the ship. And we actually have some friends of ours, though, that preferred, and it wasn't a money thing, but they preferred having an interior room because they wanted to sleep late. They wanted it to be dark and they wanted, they didn't mind not having a window. So, you know, that's always a, a good thing to look at too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a lot darker in those rooms. So, uh, you, you could sleep in and, and save some money to boot. Uh, the next step up from the interior rooms is going to be your, uh, porthole room. Uh, no balcony, but you do have a window that looks out, uh, to the sea and then uh, from there, you can move up to different types of balcony rooms. There, there are cove balconies and regular balconies and extended balconies and wraparound aft balconies and all different types of balconies. And it's really, again, what fits your budget. Uh, personally, uh, I prefer the balcony room. Uh, we spend a lot of time out on the balcony just uh, reading a book or watching the sunset or watching the sunrise and uh, j just hanging out in all, our own little private oasis, uh, with, you know, hidden away from 1500 people on other people on the ship with us. Right. Uh, Cause I think that sometimes, you know, different areas of the cruise ship can get a little crowded. You know, we're not, uh, going to lie to that. So just having that, that little area, you know, we've, we sat out there and watched dolphins and, you know, like Brian said, we usually go out there and, and enjoy and take in the sunset. Um, every day. So it's just a little way to have, um, you know, just a great view of the water. That's why you're there. You can wake up every morning to that and uh, go to bed to it uh, every night too. So that's just what we prefer. Again, it's totally up to you, totally what your budget um, will fit. So 
Yeah. And, you know, like I said, just when, when you get on there, you're going through the booking process after you've picked a day, after you've picked a destination, uh, then you've got that map. You just look through, decide what works best for you, your preferences and your budget, and you go from there. And don't break the bank. I think that's the other thing, too, is that you're going to have all the availability to, for all the amenities and stuff as well. Um, so, again, it doesn't really matter where your room is or what type of room is. You're going to have that full access to the ship. But I did want to mention staying in the back the aft of the the ship because we have tried that out a couple times because there are a couple advantages of being back there amazing balconies yes that to us was the biggest thing is that even with some of your larger balconies that you might have on the sides of the ship when you get in the back of the ship you actually have a uh, quite a quite a large balcony back there almost like double the size would you say well they have well they have the wraparound right the wraparound Yeah. yeah And that, that usually affords you like uh, two sitting chairs and some uh, two lounge chairs as well. Now, your room on the interior might be a little bit smaller, but um, that balcony, again, we enjoy having our own private balcony. So that was nice. However, there are some drawbacks to being back there, especially when you're coming into port um, early in the morning. Well, if, if you're not an early riser, uh, the ship normally gets into port around... Uh, anywhere between 4 and 6 a.m., uh, you're, you're fast asleep and the crew's doing their thing and they bring you into port and uh, go to dock the boat. And unfortunately, if you're in one of those aft balconies, we have learned, uh, about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, you basically think there's an earthquake uh, <laughs> taking place on the ship because you're back there where the side thrusters are uh, while they're trying to dock the boat. And sometimes that can last for 10 or 15 minutes. Sometimes if it's a windy day with a lot of current and they're having trouble getting the, uh, the ship into port, uh, there was one time it went on for, gosh, uh, maybe an hour and a half, two yeah, hours, all, all that, morning yeah. long. They just had to leave the thrusters on uh, until they got the lines tightened. Um, but, you know, definitely, definitely some amazing views back there. And, and, and aside from the um, views from the wraparound balcony, you know, there's just something about sitting on the back of any boat, whether it's a 12-foot John boat or, you know, a a huge cruise ship. Just looking back over that wake as you're going across the water is, I don't know, there's just something calming and and relaxing about, you know, staring at that wake. But uh, downside is if you're back there, just be forewarned that uh, you're going to get woken up pretty early with... uh, with all the moving and shaking going on with those uh, side thrusters. Yeah, and I would say, um, too, if you are remotely seasick, fortunately, on the trips that we've been on, we've been fine. But even just traveling on your sea days and things like that, um, if you do get a remotely seasick, that's probably not a location that we would recommend. Yeah. And, you know, one last thing that, that I'll add here as far as location of rooms and things like that. You, you made a comment before about the ship being crowded. The ships can be crowded, but surprisingly, you know, most modern cruise ships, really they're designed in a way where the traffic flow, there's so, so many things that you can do on a ship. So many things and so many things on different levels. 
there's really never been a time that I, I just felt overwhelmed with the crowds. And we've, I can agree. We, yeah. We've cruised, you know, peak times in the summer when, you know, all the kids are out of school. We've, we've cruised during spring break times and, you know, winter break times. And, um, you know, there's never been a time where I felt like, wow, there's just too many people on right. this boat. No, I, I agree. I think there, like you said, there's there's plenty to do. And my motto is, as far as when it comes to cruises, you can do as little or as much as you want to. You're going to be entertained 24-7 if you would like, or as I prefer sometimes, sitting out on that balcony, get me a good book and uh, just take it in the views. Yep. Well, absolutely. Like you said, you can really do as little or as much as you want to do. I mean, not even getting into all of the things that you can do off of the ship, which which we'll touch on a little bit later. I mean, there are just so many different things that you can do on the ship. Really, we could do an entire podcast on all of the, all of the different things that are available to do on the ship. So um, really just going to touch on a few of our favorites. I think probably... Uh, one of our favorites at night after dinner is the piano bar. Yeah, we love the piano bar. I mean, we are from Music City, so we love music. Anything that has to do with music, we're uh, definitely a fan. But it's a great way, I mean, after dinner or before dinner, depending on uh, what time that you do eat, and we will touch on food in a little bit, but um, it's just fun. You get there with a, with a group of friends and you get to meet new people and uh, and sing along and um if anybody knows my husband they know that he is a super fan of karaoke well yeah and the <laughs> piano bar is basically open room karaoke and you know every now and then you might get to lay down on the piano and have 100 people sing to you yeah we're not naming names on who did that but uh <clears throat> brian yeah <laughs> well, <whatever. laughs> But uh, yeah, the the piano bar is great. Uh, you, seriously, you just you just sit there with the guy and shout out songs, and you're he knows most of them. It's I, great. I it's I, I, I don't remember shouting out a song that one of the piano <laughs> bar uh, musicians didn't know. So it's always a good time, and you know, like I said, it's, it's kind of like open room karaoke, which brings us to another favorite of ours, or at least a favorite of mine is. Yes. <laughs> karaoke uh, i'm usually up there by myself or with straight complete strangers i can never get Brittany up there with me and no, this girl uh, is not getting up and singing nobody wants to hear that so uh, we let brian do that uh, yeah i mean we've had friends with us on cruises and i couldn't get them up there either but everybody wants to film me and you know it's, i mean i guess they're probably laughing at me later but yeah, it's hey I, yeah <laughs> i i enjoy it so that's all that matters so that's always a good time and um, you know, those are just a couple of the, the musical things you can do, but there's definitely great, uh, shows on the ships. Yeah, um, like Broadway type shows. Broadway, Broadway type shows, uh, and, and they kind of stagger those between the different dinner seatings, which we'll talk about dinner later, but, um, you have typically have an early and a late seating in the main dining rooms. And they uh, have shows in the main showroom, an early and a late show to accommodate everyone with their dinner seatings. But really, you know, Broadway type musicals and then they'll have a, a classic Motown hits night. And, you know, us being from Music City, they'll have a country music night. That's always a fun one for us. 
But uh, you know, definitely good good entertainment on on the on the ships with the shows. Yeah, there's sometimes some game shows, some newlywed shows. Ah, uh, the the newlywed, yes. uh, <laughs> midlywed, and oldlywed shows. It, it's amazing what some of the people that have been married for sixty and seventy. I mean, they have no no inhibitions. They got up there. You know, you see a uh, someone that's been married for sixty years, and they basically say whatever they want. Those it, are it's my hilarious. Yep, it's hilarious. That's my favorite and then speaking of other some um other late night activities is a lot of the ships offer like movies late at night to where like if you didn't say go to dinner that night i know they um offer free popcorn or if some other restaurants or buffets are open you can go ahead and get your food and uh sit up by the pool and watch a watch a nice movie yeah watch a movie under the stars up on lido deck and, it, and it's typically you know movies that are sometimes it's movies that are in theaters at the moment or have just come out of theaters and uh we've even seen some concerts broadcast and football uh, some football games and basketball you know whatever happens to be going on at the time uh, you know, at, at night they have the screens out there on deck and, you know, usu- usually something playing on, on one of those screens. And I know you're a big movie buff, so I hear that some of the newer ships are coming out with some IMAX theaters or maybe even some well, there, theaters. Well, th- there were, there are ships with IMAX theaters. We were actually on a ship, uh, last January that had an, an actual IMAX theater on it. Uh, now that being said, we, we are big movie buffs, but you know, we were on a, a ship at sea and the last thing I wanted to do was hole up in a IMAX movie theater for two hours. So we did not partake, but, uh, definitely an option there for the, you know, families as far as watching movies on the, on the ship. And we have done the, uh, is it 4D motion theater? 4D motion theater. It's kind of like the uh, Ripley's motion where you sit down in a chair and, you know, they're playing something in front of you, kind of like a, a 3D type deal. And uh, the the 4D was more, uh, they shot water at you and bubbles in the room and different things like that. It, it was fun. It was fun. I mean, it blows my mind, though, that something like that is on a cruise ship. On a cruise ship, yeah. Like I said, and that's just scratching the surface. I mean, there's there there are comedy shows. You know, we we love, I love the comedy. I love the comedy. yeah. We yeah. we love comedy shows. We have a, a a Zany's comedy club here in Nashville, and we go to comedy shows all the time. In fact, we're going to a comedy show Sunday night. Right. Uh, but they have, uh, you know. Big comedians sometimes come on the ships. I mean, people we've seen that have been on The Tonight Show and things like that. They'll do uh, an early show in in the main showroom, and then they typically have later shows uh, for more of an adult crowd uh, after dinner. I think those are 21 and up shows, uh, yeah. typically the, the later night shows after dinner. But uh, we all, there's always a line. For the comedy shows. I mean, everybody loves to laugh and, you know, that's definitely a fun thing to do on the ship. Yeah, so our experience is, is if you are going to do any of the shows or the comedy stuff, um, kind of plan to get there a little bit early if you are want um, going to grab a good seat. Um, so those are just some of the things that we like to do either before dinner or after dinner. Um, but during the day, I mean, even... Uh, there's been some times that we've gone into a port that we've never even gotten off the ship. Didn't get off the boat. Now, granted, those have been 
ports that we've been to many times and we knew what was there. And, and that is one of the nice things. We talked about, you know, whether the ship was crowded or not before. And one of the great things about staying on the ship in port, uh, for the most part, you have the ship to yourself. <laughs> it's it, kind of a ghost town. It's, it, it can be a ghost town, and that's amazing. I mean, the, the last ship that we were on, they had the Sky Coaster thing, which was basically a suspended bicycle that ran uh, the entire length of the aft portion of the ship. But um, uh, most of the time, there was a line, not a, not a long line, like a 15 or 20-minute line, but... Uh, we stayed in port one day and stayed on the boat and, you know, we got on that thing a couple of times and went around, got right on it, no line at all. And, uh, there's out on deck during the day, you have basketball, uh, you know, someone here, not me, uh, played ball in, uh, high school and college. So, you know, she, she shot some hoops on the ship, um. I think she was going to school some teenagers, but that's besides the point. There's usually like putt-putt. There's putt-putt. There's ping-pong. There's a track usually. Uh, there's some a track. Weight machines and stuff outside on, on deck. and um, a lot of different- Well, weight machines on deck, but then you have the entire gym. Let's not even mention the gym and the spa. Oh, and- now the gyms, which is really neat. I mean, I know for myself, I do enjoy running. A lot of times, especially during like sea days and stuff, those gyms are typically located at the front of the ship and you get like a great view of the sea. Um, so go check that out if that's something that you're into. Um, but definitely we were just saying on on some of those uh, days that you are in port um, and you want to try something out on deck during the day, that those are great opportunities to beat the crowd, to beat the line. Um and then, yeah, speaking of stuff like during the day, I know that some of the uh, cruises that we've gone on, or most of the cruises, they have a lot of kids' activities. Where um, Well, they have kids' programs right. where basically, if you're a parent, which we, we are not parents, but if you're a parent, uh, you wake up in the morning, uh, you go check your kids in, and you don't see them till you go to bed. It's like a daycare, but they plan activities, and it's it's very secure. It's very safe. I mean, they have armbands on them and identify them. But we've been in the in the um, I guess galley or where the the buffets are, and they're the sweetest thing. They just they look like they're having a blast. They have snack times. The oh, the buffet the buffet on Lido deck yes. where they 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 actually had an entire section of um, the Snacks. restaurant. Well, the restaurant <laughs> there. Uh, on Lido deck sectioned off and it, it was just for the kids that were in the uh, the kids daycare type thing and, and I say daycare I mean honestly it, I don't know the full range of ages I don't know how early you can get into it but uh, there were toddlers up to teenagers I would say 17 18 year olds they had different age groups and different activities for the kids and uh, I think they even offer excursions for the kids to get and off the ship night and stuff. some late night stuff. Some late night stuff, so parents can uh, go and do the other things that we're talking about the the Broadway shows and the comedy shows and the piano bar and uh, then uh, again, not exactly sure how it all works. Whether you just uh, they take them back to the room or you have to go pick your kids up, but um, that definitely an opportunity for parents to. Enjoy their vacation. Not that you wouldn't enjoy your vacation with your children, but it gives you an opportunity for your kids to have fun and not get stuck watching you do the things that you want to do during the day. 
uh, when you're there on the ship, but allow them to do fun things with other other uh, kids and make new friends while you're doing the same thing yourself, right. and acting like a kid and making new friends. <laughs> I know we've talked to some couples that they said that their children uh, prefer to go to uh, some of the camps and stuff instead of being uh, stuck around. But just in the general day-to-day activities around the pool, typically on the Lido deck, like Brian was talking about earlier, you're going to have all kinds of different a- activities. We've seen things from... Um, ice sculpting, ice sculpture uh, carving, carving to contest, a um, hairy leg contest, and limbo and uh, dance lessons. There's always something going on. There's DJs. There's still drum bands. It's, it's music like, trivia, yeah. movie trivia. I mean, it's something for all ages. I mean, really, that there is something for all ages. There, there's a library on most ships. You can just go in and. Uh, grab a book and sit down and read and and play board games and stuff like that in the library. I mean, literally, we could go on and on and on for an entire show, probably three or four shows on the different things you can do on a ship. The helpful thing is, is that a lot of the cruise ships now offer a hub that you don't have to be uh, connected to your phone. You can be in airplane mode and have a hub and it's going to give you your itinerary on there. Um, and then there's also going to be an daily activity itinerary that will be uh, sent to your room. So you'll never be uh, in the dark. Let's just say that as far as what's going on, when and where you're always going to have that information again, like I said, you can do as much or as little as you want to. Yeah, I mean, that's like she said, you get that itinerary and we, you know, we'll look at it before we go to bed because you usually get it when you come back from dinner at night. It's usually there in the room and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wake up, we'll look at it and say, OK, well, we're going to do this, this and this today and go from there. And it's seriously, uh, I, I don't think as many cruises as we've been on. I don't think we've done everything that's offered. I agree. Now that we've talked about the fun on the cruise, let's talk about the fun off of the boat. Excursions. Excursions. And for those of you that don't know what an excursion is, it's basically all the fun stuff that you can sign up to do in the different ports of call. Uh, It's stuff that you do have to pay extra for, but really all kinds of great, fun, exciting things to do from port to port. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that we like about the cruises is that, you know, they are very similar to an all-inclusive. And we have a lot of friends who love the all-inclusives, but for us, we love the fact that we can wake up every morning and we're at a different island, a different location, and there's so many uh, different adventures that we can experience. Yeah, so much, so many things to do and so much to do. And, and in reality, a, a cruise is all-inclusive. I mean, when it boils down to it, the price that you pay uh, to get on the boat uh, for your room, that includes all of your meals, 24 hours a day. There, there are a couple of restaurants, and we'll get into the dining and stuff in a minute, but uh, there, there are a couple of things that you have to pay extra for. But for the most part, everything on the ship, food, drink, except for alcohol, is free. Alcohol and sodas you have to pay for. So there, you can sign up for a drink package and things like that and truly make a cruise an all-inclusive. But the one thing I think for myself, and we experienced it on our honeymoon, we went on a cruise for our honeymoon and then we came back to San Juan, Puerto Rico, and we stayed like an extra four days 
in San Juan. And I don't know, after waking up in a dip, different tropical island every morning, I got bored being in the same hotel every day. Yeah, it was like the same pool, the same beach, the same restaurant. And that's what's so unique about a cruise is that, again, like I said, you wake up and you're really, you're in a different location and you get to experience different things. And through um, our cruises and our experiences, we've been able to to have so many different adventures on excursions. We've done everything from uh, snorkeling to ATV riding. Swimming with sharks. Swimming with sharks. Swim- that was awesome. Swimming with sharks, swimming with stingrays. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I think for us, some of our favorite ones, too, are learning about the islands themselves, doing some of the historical tours. Uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, we we love the fun stuff, but, I mean, we're nerds at heart. I mean, we, we, we <laughs> like the... We like to geek out on the history and, and learn about the culture of the different islands, especially if it's a place that we've never been before. You know, we'll take an island tour and just, the, you know, those excursions, they typically take you around to, you know, eight or nine, ten different spots on the island and give you the history. And, you know, th- there is a lot of history in the Caribbean. Yeah. So let's take it from the perspective is I'm a new cruiser. I have booked this, say, seven-day cruise, and I'm ready to book some excursions. What's some of your advice that you have from somebody? Uh, I think first things first, um, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of companies out there that do shore excursions, and you can get on some of the different cruise boards and stuff online, and, and there's uh, outside companies offering things. Most cruise lines nowadays uh, are contracting through those same people, and they have a price match guarantee. Uh, so my recommendation, you're, you're never going to find it cheaper uh, outside of the cruise ship because if you do find it cru- cheaper outside of the cruise ship, um, you show it to them and they'll match that price and usually give you 10% of the difference uh, as well. But the good thing about booking through the cruise line is you know you're going to get back on the boat. Uh, it's guaranteed if you book through the cruise line, you're not going to get back to port and find out that that ship left without you. Right. Like I've heard that the fact that like, say you're on an excursion doing snorkeling or, uh, something like that and your boat breaks down. Well, those cruise ships are on an itinerary, but if you do book through the cruise line and something does happen on your excursion and you're running late they're guaranteed not to leave you. They have to wait until you get back. So uh, I think that's a plus. It's definitely a plus. I mean, you you can definitely make arrangements to get from, hop from one island to the next to catch up with the boat, but uh, it's going to be pretty costly. So, you know, the, the, the peace of mind of knowing that when you get back from whatever excursion you're on, the ship's going to be there waiting for you. I, I think first and foremost, uh, book, book through the ship. Um, and again, they, they price match. There, there, there may be some other things out there that are offered that the ship doesn't offer, but they have such a variety of different excursions from port to port. Now, that's not to say that, you know, if it's a, a port that you're familiar with, uh, and, and we've definitely done this, some of the ports that we go to a lot, you know, we've actually... 
decided, hey, we've been here two or three times. We, we know where things are. We know what we want to do today. And we've gone out exploring on our own. I mean, that we've had some great adventures just getting off the ship and whether it was hopping in a cab and uh, going to a private beach somewhere or getting a day pass at one of the local hotels. You know, you can definitely have fun on your own. The one caveat there is make sure it's a port that you're familiar with if you're going to do that. Make sure that you're constantly aware of your surroundings because you want to stay safe. You're on vacation and you want to make sure you're having fun uh, and you know, nothing bad happened, so stay. Yeah, and uh, one of the things, too, as far as, like, making sure you know your port, uh, there have been cruises that we were like, oh, we're not going to book an excursion. We're just going to wait to see what the port town is like. And we get there, we wake up the next day, and there's nothing there, so... <laughs> Dominican Republic, I'm looking at you. Yeah, definitely make sure you do your research in advance. Uh, we thought that we were just going to get off and uh, take a look around the port uh, when we got to the Dominican Republic, and unfortunately there was, at the port that we stopped at, there was nothing there. Uh, I think you had the closest thing was like 20 or 30 miles away and we didn't want to hop in a cab and, and venture out that far. So do your research in advance if you're not going to book an excursion and figure out what you're going to do. Right. So some of the recommendations, no matter what kind of excursion you're going to do, because like we said, there's historical tours where you hop on a bus, you might uh, go to a different uh, couple locations, you might go scuba diving, you might go snorkeling, you might go to the rainforest, or like we said, some of our favorites, some of the sharks and stingrays. Uh, here are just some of the things that I definitely recommend taking always is definitely have a backpack or a bag that's easy to carry. I wouldn't recommend any kind of oversized luggage, any kind of oversized bag, just something that if you're going to hop on and off a bus, it's something easy to carry, something like I said, like a backpack or an over-the-shoulder um, that you can have. Uh, definitely bring some waters. I know a lot of times you can get some waters from the cruise ship. Uh, so just, you know, pack those, make sure you have plenty of that as well. Of course, always bring your camera because you're going to have some amazing photo opportunities as well. And then, especially if you are doing a Caribbean cruise, make sure you take the sunscreen. No matter where you're from, the sun is definitely a lot stronger, a lot hotter down there. Well, you're a lot closer to the equator. A little bit. <laughs> so, take that sunscreen and apply it often. Alright, so then let's talk about my favorite topic, the food. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I look forward to every time we go cruising is the food. And it's one of the things that we were talking about as far as being very similar to an all-inclusive is that you have so many food options when you uh, do book your cruise. 24 hours a day. Absolutely. So we're going to run through real quickly as far as like explaining some of your food options that you have throughout the day. So let's start with um, breakfast. Now, breakfast and lunch, we're going to kind of combo because you have a lot of the same options there. Um, you do have your buffets. Now, I think people assume that all your food that's available on a cruise ship is not the buffet buffet food and then you sit down at dinner i think it's a uh, completely opposite so yeah i'm not a buffet guy <laughs> i don't think uh out of what what did we say at the beginning of this podcast 16 cruises 
I'm coming up on, I think I've eaten at a buffet once. Right. And we're not saying there's anything against it by all means, because we have seen so many different options there. There's Indonesian food and pasta bars and... Uh, you have all your breakfast foods and stuff in the morning where you got cereals and an omelet station. Um, but there are very many more options. There's so many more options. Right. There's so not many just more. The I mean, I, I'm not knocking the buffet. If buffets are your thing, have at it. It's just, I'm not a buffet guy. They, they look amazing. Uh, but there are tons of other options outside of the buffet. Yeah, so let's run through like breakfast. Okay, so some of your breakfast options, you are, like I said, still going to have the buffet. You do have a room service option, which is available 24-7 on most ships. Now, this is really, really good if you're going to book an excursion because a lot of the cruise ships offer that you can order your room service the night before. You can just fill out your tab, you put it on the door handle outside your room, and they will actually deliver it to you beforehand. So we do this quite often if we're gonna go on an excursion. You can get some cereals, some pastries, yogurts, fruits, um, get some coffee and tea. That way you can get fueled up for the day. That's that's probably one of the favorite things I like is, you, is getting that room service early. Yeah, definitely. And, and room service is included in the, the cost of the cruise. I mean, we usually tip a couple of bucks, you know, when they come to the door. But beyond that, it, there is no additional charge for room service. Yeah. So let's just talk about room service real quick um, to cover it all throughout the day. Because like I said, we do love it, uh, getting it beforehand on early excursions. But um, we get it quite often, especially like in the afternoons. If oh, I love the cookies. <laughs> if we've been on an excursion and say we're after lunch, we'll go ahead and order room service. You can get some great salads, some and great cookies. sandwiches. And as Brian's favorite, you can get some great cookies and milk. Um, and that'll set you up for nap time. So, um, as And then other things as far as breakfast goes is one of our favorites is a sea day brunch. Um, a lot of people, I'm surprised... They actually don't know about this. We talk about the Sea Day Brunch and, and on the cruise, and people are like, oh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, Sea Day Brunch is actually in the main dining room. The main dining room where you go and sit down at night to your formal or casual, you know, not-so-formal dinner, but it, you, it's a seated uh, brunch. You choose off of the menu, and, you know, you get steak and eggs, and it's, it's filet. It, I mean, it's good food. It, it's it's not the run-of-the-mill stuff. No, it's wonderful. They've got uh, pasta dishes. My favorites are usually huevos rancheros. As Brian said, he loves the steak and eggs. So take advantage of those opportunities when, you, when the ship does offer some brunch days. Because they typically run until about 1 p.m., um, so you don't have to do your regular breakfast. You can actually um, enjoy a sit-down uh, meal as far as breakfast goes. So lunch is pretty similar to as far as breakfast goes. Um, a lot of times on the ship, you'll have some pop-up restaurants, um, uh, things such as barbecue and Mexican food. Um, what are some of the other things that you like? Uh, you know, really a lot of the specialty dining areas, we'd mentioned before that there are a few places that you, there is a surcharge if you want to go to dinner at, you know, whether it's the steakhouse or the Italian restaurant or one of the Japanese restaurants. But during the day for lunch, most of those specialty restaurants are free. You go in because they give you basically, basically a sampling of the menu and you can, it's a uh, seated service. You go in, you sit down and choose off of the menu 
and, and we love the Italian restaurant and uh, the the Japanese, the sushi and stuff during the middle of the day. Yeah, as Brian says, some of those places are um, a, an additional cost as far as what your cruise is. For dinner. For, for dinner, dinner. Not for lunch. Right. It's free for lunch. Uh, especially for like the pasta places and stuff. But it does give you a preview of what they offer during the night. And you can go ahead and make reservations and stuff while you're there. Um, one of our favorites is the uh, pop-up um, Japanese restaurants. And you can get your sake, you can get sushi. Um, that's one of our favorite things to kind of do between between lunch and dinner. We like to go get some sushi uh, before dinner. Yeah, I mean, we'll sit down. We, we really eat a lot when we're on the cruise. <laughs> Apparently. I, we get back from the excursion. The sushi restaurant usually opens up around five o'clock or so and four 4.30 or five o'clock. And we'll go sit down and have sushi around five five thirty something like that and uh we typically do a late seating for dinner uh eight fifteen eight thirty for dinner so we're kind of you know we'll have breakfast or lunch and then we'll sit down and have uh sushi around five o'clock and then we're back in the dining room at eight o'clock <laughs> so you bring up two great points number one be aware of your ship's itinerary as far as when lunch service is done. If you do not eat lunch off of the ship and say you're going to go on an excursion and you're planning to come back, just make sure you look at your ship's itinerary to make sure that there still is lunch service. Now, usually you still do have like some pizza places and maybe the deli that's open a little bit later 24-7 or room service. But again, just make sure you're aware of that. And then also let's talk about um, early versus late dining. Uh, well, early and late. I mean, there's typically a dining time around 5 or 5.30, and then there will be a dining time in the main dining room, 8.15 and 8.30. Uh, we prefer to go to the sit-down dinner in the main dining room at night. Uh, there are tons of other options for dinner, and there's even an anytime seating on most ships nowadays where you don't have to specify a time. But we, we like the, the designated time, you know, keeps us on a schedule throughout the week. And typically we do the late uh, dinner just because, you know, we're on vacation. We're, we're trying to make the most of things while we're there. We're, we're out on excursions, out on the different ports. And sometimes you don't get back to the ship until five or six o'clock at night or five or six in the afternoon. And um, you, you don't have time to get cleaned up and go to dinner. Uh, so we'll go to that late dinner and then, you know, catch a show or something. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer as far as scheduling a early or a late time dinner. Again, as Brian said, we prefer the late night just because we try to extend our stays in the port as long as we can. And sometimes you do or perhaps could be rushed getting ready for dinner if you did have the early time. However, having the early time dinner does allow you more time after that to take in a couple different shows. Now for us, we do enjoy like maybe getting some room service or maybe get some sushi and stuff, having some downtime, then we'll get ready and go to dinner and the dinners are always fabulous. Now, as far as paying any additional um, uh, charges, I know that some of the uh, questions that people um, ask us as far as like any additional charges that you may have for food. And then typically that's where the dinner um, additional charges are. If you want to say eat at a steakhouse or you want to go to the Japanese restaurant, 
or uh, maybe even the Italian restaurants, that's where you are going to tack on a little bit of extra cost. But honestly, it's not unreasonable. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and again, those are in addition to the main dining room. The main dining room is free. Uh, the buffet is free. There's different burger places and, and plenty of other options throughout the ship. But then you do have the specialty dining uh, areas where you can go and make a reservation and sit down. But, you know, the the cost of the reservation is really insignificant. I mean, if you compare it to, you know, your a typical steakhouse back home, right. I mean, you, you go and sit down and pay, you know, a hundred bucks for a steak dinner for two at a, at a good steakhouse. And I think it's like 15 bucks a person to go to the steakhouse on the ship yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it's not so. much. You're probably looking at maybe 15, 30 bucks extra maybe per person yeah. if you're doing that. Um, but we do encourage you to also, if you are off the ship, enjoy some of the local cuisines. I mean, I know that some of uh, uh, our favorite meals have been off the ship. So do indulge in that and enjoy that. Uh, one of our favorite memories is probably the uh, Cozumel sauce. <laughs> Not salsa. Not salsa. They apparently use hotter peppers, and we were forewarned about um, eating the sauce there, but we actually liked it because we like spicy food. Yeah, I think that was at uh, the Mayan ruins oh, at Tulum. Right, Tulum. Yeah, so yep. I don't know if that's a, a a Mexican dish or if that's a Mayan dish, but uh, it, was, it was definitely good, I know. So either way, you cannot go wrong as far as food goes because... You will clearly, clearly have plenty of options to keep those bellies full. All right. And with that, I think it's time to land this plane. Land the plane. All right. Um, so we thought to wrap things up here at the end, uh, each of us would give our top four tips on cruising. And I think for me, my top four, number one is my blue folder. Okay, let's talk about this blue folder because <laughs> he is so organized as far as keeping all our travel documents in place that whenever we get close to a trip and I see the blue folder out on the table, I get very excited because I know then we're about to leave to go somewhere. Yeah, well, I don't know. Blue folder for me, basically just any, any file folder uh, to keep all your documents organized for me it's blue like the ocean. So, uh, you know, make sure you have some way of organizing all of your travel documents, uh, whether it be your boarding pass for the plane, your boarding pass for the ship, um, our passports, uh, our luggage tags, just any, any significant paperwork uh, for the trip, I put in the blue folder. And when we get to the port or we get to the plane, I whip out my blue folder and it's all right there. I don't have to shuffle through a bunch of papers or through my backpack or uh, through Brittany's purse to try to find everything. I keep it all organized in one place where I know to find everything. Uh, the next thing that I would recommend is a Bluetooth speaker. Uh, you know, we like to, when we're at home, when we go to bed at night, we always have some type of white noise on in the background and we have an air purifier at home in our bedroom that we keep on at night. But anytime that we travel, we try to make sure we have a Bluetooth speaker with us, one, so we can have the white noise on while we're sleeping 
kind of drowns out those noises. If you do end up in a room where there's, you know, extra noise out in the hallway or something like that, you can have the white noise when you're sleeping. And then, you know, it's kind of nice when you're, you know, sitting on a trop tropical beach with a uh, tropical drink in your hand and, you, you know, play your own, ha have your own soundtrack. We, we travel with our own soundtrack. It's yeah. kind of nice. We've done it on the balcony. And we, we've done it on the balcony. We do it in the room. I yeah, mean, absolutely. we, we play it in the room. I mean, we, we, uh, we said earlier, we love music. So we bring our music with us. So I, I would definitely, one of my tips, uh, bring a Bluetooth speaker. Um, the next, um, tip that I would recommend, which I think Brittany will probably kill me for putting this one out there. It's a secret. Is the day pass. Uh, so one thing that we have learned in all of our travels and all of our cruising, um, you know, sure the ships do offer excursions. And if you want to do a beach break with the ship, that they have some great excursions to some great beaches. But I mentioned before that I'm a points guy and I travel a lot for work. So I stay at a lot of hotels. And one of the things that I do, if we're stopping at an island that has one of the major hotel chains, whether it be Hilton or Marriott or one of the uh, hotels that I normally travel with, you know, or stay with when I'm traveling for work, I'll check and see if they have a location on the island. And if so, they typically offer a day pass. Now, the difference between a beach excursion with the ship and doing a day pass with the hotel is about a hundred bucks, I would say. Uh, you can get a beach excursion with a ship anywhere from 50 to 75 bucks a person, I would say, yeah, depending on what probably. it is. Um, and you can typically get a day pass at a hotel for about 30 bucks, 30 bucks, 30 bucks a person, but still, you know, 60 bucks, you hop in a cab. Uh, one of the, the hidden gems, for example, is the Marriott beach resort in St. Kitts. And I'm having a scrunchy face right now as he says this because I do feel like it's a secret. It's awesome. You guys, I mean, you literally have full access to the complete resort beaches, a couple of different pools, and you do get discounts at their stores and restaurants. Yeah, you you have the run of the entire resort as if you were staying there. And the times that we've gone, I mean, we're, we're traveling in the winter in January. Typically, we have the entire beach to ourselves. Um, cabanas, uh, lounge chairs. And they are so nice. St. Kitts is adorable. Yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorites. And, and that's not the only place. A, a lot of the islands have major hotel chains and, and even boutique hotels that offer day passes. So one of the things that I would recommend if you're not going to do an excursion with the ship, expert traveler tip, uh, look and see if the hotels offer a day pass because you can hop in a cab, head over there and have the entire place to yourself instead of hopping on a bus with a, a group from the ship. Just the, the one caveat I would put there, make sure you, you stay on top of the time, get back to the ship. You don't want, as beautiful and as amazing as those islands are, you don't want to get stuck there. Um, and then the last uh, tip that I would recommend is extending your stay. 
whether it's on the front end or the back end of your trip, sometimes we like to fly in a day early. I think uh, the trip we have coming up in January, we're going to fly in a day early to Tampa and spend the night there. Uh, we've also stayed over uh, a day or two after the cruise. Um, and, you know, the great thing about that is not only does it give you more time as far as getting to the ship or getting off the ship, it allows you to take in some of the sights of the, the port city. You know, I think probably the best extended stay that we had was the last time that we cruised out of Port Canaveral. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, we we uh, did um, Kennedy. We did Kennedy Space Center. We stayed over in uh, Florida there, and I think Cocoa Beach. Right. Yeah, we stayed in Cocoa Beach uh, when we got off the ship, and the next day we took the entire day and toured Kennedy Space Center and got a late flight home. So again, it takes some of the stress away, whether it's, you know, getting there early and not having to worry about getting to the ship on time or not having to worry the day that you disembark from the ship and what time you have to get off the ship, take your time to get off of there. Well, we were talking about that earlier. Depending on where you fly to and from, um, a lot of the times the cruise ship actually offers some excursions to fill your time before your flight leaves. Actually, one of the cruises that we left out of Miami, we did that. We had a late flight leaving out of Miami, and then when you come in on the cruise ship, you're usually there pretty early, but we had a late flight, so we just filled in some time, and you can do an excursion through the cruise ship, and they take your luggage and do all that, and we, that was a great time. We had a we did like a top 10 of Miami and just filled in some space instead of sitting in an airport, we were able to do an excursion. Yeah, and it was great. I mean, we learned things. We'd been to Miami so many times, but we learned things about the city that we didn't know. I mean, we, we put on our tourist hats and, and, and learned a few things that day. Absolutely. So now that Brian is done with his tips, here are some of the tips that I have, and they're very short. The first one I have is clearly uh, I like to run and I like to be active, so I like to stay hydrated. Um, there is filtered water through the ship, so whatever water you do get through the ship, obviously it is going to be filtered water. However, we love to bring along the Brita filtered water bottles. Again, we're not sponsored by Brita in any way, but um, this allows us to take our water bottle on and off the ship. So if for some reason we do drink all the water that we have on uh, the ship and we go off of it on an excursion, we're able to fill that back up. So that's always something that you can keep on hand. Like I said, with the excursions earlier, you want to make sure you do have some water with you. A lot of the times excursions do offer beverages or you do have an opportunity to like maybe have a meal or get a snack, but you're always not um, guaranteed the opportunity. So I like to stay hydrated. So that's always just a little tip that you can have. The second thing are towel clips. Now, these are a big thing if you've ever been cruising or um, if you ever have a friend that cruises. Um, towel clips are a big thing. They come in all kinds of different colors and different character sizes. You can find them anywhere, but um, the ship, because it is moving, or even if you are on the beach, uh, towel clips come handy because you do want to lay out and not have to worry about your towel blowing away. Now, the third thing is something new 
Brian and I are not smokers. However, they are getting very, very strict on smoking regulations on the cruise ships. Um, you are not allowed to smoke on your balcony or in non-designated areas on the cruise ship. Uh, they do have areas for smokers, but um, now they are cracking down on this. So if you are a smoker or have family members or friends that are, they are cracking down on this. In fact, they are going as far as enforcing that if you do not follow, follow the regulations, you can actually get kicked off the cruise ship. Well, so, they'll, they'll find you first, and then yes. if they find out that you've smoked again, and these are new regulations that have just recently come out, but then it, it, if it continues, then they, they're actually kicking people off the ship, and you got to yeah. pay your own way home. Right. They said that if you continue... And, that, and that's for smoking and in your room or on the balcony in non, non-designated areas. Right. So that's why I just wanted to throw that warning out there is if you do not follow the rules, you do have the potential to pay a fine or get kicked off at your own expense. So just heads up on that. Um, the last tip I have for you guys is make sure you bring like a larger cup or a larger bottle. Now I know I mentioned the Brita water bottle or having, uh, making sure you do have water. Um, the reason I mentioned having a larger cup is that the cups that you usually get at the, um, as Brian mentioned earlier, you get free juices, free tea, you get free coffee, um, all those things. Uh, they come in very small cups, though. So you're looking at probably like, what, a six-ounce cup, you think? Uh, something like that. Six, six to eight, eight ounces. Yeah, six to eight-ounce eight, eight cup. But, you know, if you are want a little bit more than that, um, they do have cups that are available for sale on the ship. However, you can always bring um, your on if it's like a Tervis or something like that. Just bring something a little bit larger um, that way, again, you can stay hydrated throughout the day. Yeah. And I know we said we were going to limit ourselves to four tips each, but I do want to throw in one bonus tip here at oh. the end. Yeah. No. Uh, pack light. D don't overpack for a trip. You're on vacation. You're, you're on a cruise ship. Sure. Make sure you have enough clothes for every day, but they do offer laundry service on the ship. So you can have that done. Um, and one of the great things that we've learned just over the last few cruises is if you pack light, uh, you can do the self-assist luggage and it really speeds oh, up. Oh, that's a great tip. Yeah, it really speeds up getting on the ship and it really speeds up getting off the ship the day of disembarkation. Uh, you just carry your own luggage on, you carry your own luggage off if you only bring a bag or two each. And it, it's really nice because if you have an early flight, you, you can be off the boat by like 7.30 in the morning. Yeah, I think um, we could probably do multiple podcasts on different things um, already, just brainstorming as far as different ports and getting off the ship is probably a podcast on its own. So, um, yeah, yeah, the, the so. self-assist is awesome, though, because as Brian said, you can just carry your stuff um, off and you can uh, be on your way home. Well, and you carry it on, too. And the one thing, if you check your luggage with the ship when you get there, it may be there before dinner the first night, or it may not. Where if you do the self-assist, you, you've got all your stuff with you when you get on. Hey, get that's on another great tip. If you had another tip, I have another tip. Yes, um, you are not guaranteed to have your luggage by that first night of dinner. So whatever you do carry on with you, make sure you do have some dinner clothes. Yeah. So with that, I think I think we've landed this plane. Oh, I like it. First time. First time. Boats, beaches, bars, and beyond. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening.